Hey fans, how you doing today? This is Eli Jaquin uh, for Sex and Life podcast. It's a podcast that talks about sex and life. And as always, with me is producer Joe. Hey, producer Joe. Hello, host Eli. And uh, today we're we're just going to talk about uh, us. Us, basically, it's an it's an insider look at uh, sex and life. We've done this show now for an entire year. An entire year. And it certainly doesn't feel like it. I know that's such a cliche, sentimental statement, but well, yeah, it doesn't feel. It feels like we kind of just started, really just started doing it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's it's really picked up momentum in the last six months. Yeah, um, as far as getting more listeners and all that, you know, so we're really excited. So we're, we're doing this contest and all that kind of stuff is kind of a. A thank you, as well as you know, getting the word out there a bit more amongst other people. That's and believe me, the prize is worth the effort. The prize yeah. is completely worth the effort. I, if I weren't disqualified from entering the contest, I'd have signed up for it myself. It's uh, you know, we love the people down at Oasis. I've talked about it on the show, uh, and we've had some of the, the members uh, come on the show, and and they're just great. It's a great club, great people, but. Uh, more about the history of uh, sex and life. Um, it yeah, really, it was... Because uh, I don't think we ever told this story. I don't think we have ever told this story. Excellent. I, I mean, it started when I met Joe, which was, I want to say like 2009. I can't give you the year, but I can give you the uh, the, the memory of it, which is, it was that... Open mic on St. Clair Avenue. It was like a Portuguese bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vivid Lounge. Vivid Lounge. That was it. And uh, you had given me you had given me a card, of which was the style at the time. Everybody was giving everybody cards, and I think I think I still have it. I've collected all the cards that people have given to me. Oh, that's cool. It's the white the one with the there was the comedy the, tragedy. Comedy tragedy. Eli Jakeman, writer, comedian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If there was anything on the back. No. No. A little uh, piece of business advice. If you're going to make a card, make a front and back. There's no reason not to have something on the back. It's a waste of space if you don't. A little tidbit there for you. But yeah, so uh, we had met there. We were just doing stand-up together. Yeah. Yeah, and Joe, you were running um, Comedicast. I was running Comedicast at the now, time. When did you start Comedicast? I started Comedicast in... My second year of college. Now, if I'm a 2009 graduate, that would have had to have made Community Cast no earlier than 2008. There's something about naming years past like 2005 that all sound recent, but it's actually been <laughs> it's just old age seven years. Up. It's been seven years since I've uh, officially been a podcaster. And initially, I wanted to do Comedicast because I was listening to other podcasts. One of them was called IGN Game Scoop, and they had just gotten some of the journalists in the office to do a show together. They would read some listener mail, and they would talk about news, because it's the gaming industry, there was always something. But what was great was the way they would just talk to each other, and they were making each other laugh, and it was fun. I'm like, I know lots of people in comedy. Some of these people are actually funny. I should probably do a show. That's it, eh? It's, yeah. Um, but you never know either when when I mean, when you're dealing with comedians. You have no idea. It's I would imagine it has to be difficult because some of them um, are prima donnas, 
and some of them want to control the show and some of them want to be the only funny person there some of them are just always depressed and have nothing to say when they're not on stage yeah uh, I never had a problem with okay I, I can't say that I've had very few problems with people who've at the very least had something to say but what got me was when people didn't or when people asked to come on but then didn't have anything that they wanted to talk about and they just I guess assumed the show would run itself yeah uh, which put some pressure on me to actually have, bring some stuff to talk about, ask some questions, get some stuff from the news. But yeah, that was that was uh, kind of surprising. You really would hope that any opportunity for somebody with a voice and a microphone would take that opportunity and just jabber. How many episodes did you do about the K. Trevor Wilson? You're not a comedian unless... We did an episode for it. We did one. Uh, that was actually in... Um, a show that I'd done for a little bit called Stuck on Shuffle, which was like a experimental podcast. Yeah. Where it was like you were listening to just random podcasts and radio shows and sketches and stuff like that. A very great premise, but really expensive to do. So I've had to kind of uh, back uh, put on the back burner for a number of years. Yeah. I had actually subscribed to the uh, archive of it for like three years just so that in case I ever wanted to show it to somebody, it would be there. I finally go to close it down, and sure enough, half the episodes just deleted on their own. So, uh, kind of dropped the ball on that one, Lipson. But I recommend Lipson; they, they, <laughs> they, they usually do good work. So, so you you've done the Communicast, and you've done Stuck on Shuffle, and then Joe and I we try to do another podcast with a, a third guy named Keelan Miller called Porncast. Very funny man, by the way. Very funny. Very funny. Very man. funny man. And and I figured I could do that because I used to be in the porn industry. And I figured I could talk to some of the people I still knew. And, you know, talk about the times back then and all that. And nobody wanted to come on the show. Yeah. Like, not anybody. Not anybody from, as, as far as, like, actual talent. Nobody from behind the scenes. You know, people in advertising. People who ran it. None of them wanted to come on the show. Now, I have to wonder... If it was like one reason across the board, or was it everyone had their own personal excuse? I can imagine some people are uncomfortable with it. Well, basically, they just said, oh, "No, I'm not interested," and didn't go get go into it any further than that. Um, but you did be able, you were able to bring people on, though. You did have some guests. I, I had a couple, but literally, it was a couple. Yeah, uh, two people. No, we had three. We had a third for uh, another friend from comedy, Joel West. That's right. Yeah. Um, so we had three guests. Three guests. A couple and a third wheel. So it's... it's um, A malignant growth. And <laughs> a couple. <laughs> no. It, it was told to someone, one of my friends that was in the porn industry uh, working on advertising said that nobody wants to talk about it because it's the dirty little secret. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, everybody's done it, but nobody wants to admit it kind of thing. Yeah. So that made it difficult, and, and uh, it just wasn't gelling. It just wasn't happening. So we called an end to it. But Joe and I really like working together, right? Yeah. I mean, well, I, I just remember, I don't know who you had first. You either had Brian Finch or you had Kerry McGuire. McGuire first. Yeah. And that was, that was a good recording. When, by the way, Kerry McGuire, we have to get you back at a certain point. Um, but it was probably when you were talking to Brian Finch that I remember really paying attention to what was being discussed. 
because it wasn't so much about porn. It was about his experience in Africa. Yeah, it was life, gay, and about life. And I'm like, okay, I can't apply this information to my own personal life, but I really want to hear more about it. This is fascinating. This is somebody's story. Yeah. And uh, and so when you messaged me that you didn't want to do the porn cast anymore, I just thought, okay, well, that's that's that. But there is a show here. There is definitely a good show here. And so we started talking about let's open it up. We'll still talk about porn when porn comes up. Oh yeah, I mean, it, it, porn is a lovely uh, topic conversation. Um, I've been talking to a buddy of mine who says that uh, um, he'll come on the show, but he only he can only do it like anytime but Sunday because he goes he works a flea market on Sunday. Yeah, but. So, you know, we, we took some time off, and I was paying attention to other things and, and doing other stuff. And then I guess it was like a year ago in March, a year ago April, we started talking about doing the show. And, and I mean, what was one of the things that you really wanted to, like, one of the reasons why you really wanted to do the show? Well, because I can count the amount of times that I've had sex on both hands. So for me, this was an opportunity to learn about things that I might be interested in that I don't generally get to talk about. I figured you would be bringing on people that were interesting. People that have already kind of found themselves sexually. Yeah. And uh, and already experiencing things. Well, and I just, I mean, you and I could not be a bigger contrast in terms of experience. I mean, literally, what have you not had sex with? Um... Never had sex with someone uh, in in single digits because that would be kind of gross. Okay, see, see, um, he's got to I do, uh, I do uh, invoke the law to I've, put I've up restrictions. Never had sex with an animal uh, again. Well, I don't know if it's unlawful, but it's certainly I, not. I think it's unlawful, but it should be unlawful. Um, I mean, animals can't exactly say yes. I don't know. Dogs humping your leg. They don't know better. It, to me, it's an astounding number of women that I know that have either A, had sex with a dog, or B, would have sex with a dog. And I find that very interesting. Not my thing. Yeah, and I mean, we, we joke about it, but that right there, let's say we brought on somebody who actively does that. I don't want to dismiss this person as a monster. I want to hear about this person. Well, this I want to know... Um, you know, something else I'd really like, I'd like to get a pedophile on. Yeah, Just, I would like to talk there to... Was, someone told me about a documentary where they they um, looked at this pedophile and all the crimes he committed and uh, all that kind of stuff. And then at the end of the, the documentary, they were looking at um, the abuse that he suffered. And it kind of put things into perspective. So it's uh, it's easy to, to say... Uh, I condemn you for this or for that, but what are the causes and effects, mm -hmm. you know? And I'm not saying that it's okay to go around fucking children. It's not, obviously. Um, but how do these people's minds work, you know? And and um, I'd love to have a pro-lifer on. I don't agree with their stance. We've had, uh, we've tried to get that. We going. have. And it hasn't been easy. No. But uh, I think people are uh, afraid that it's going to get combative. 
There's a possibility. Some it people could. Some sure. people think that. Um, but me, it's just, it's about, you know, what's your point of view? And, and this is my point of view. Um, you know, like I've I reached out to other uh, uh, communities and, and uh, services in, in those communities, places like PWA or the uh, Sex Workers Alliance of Ontario, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, and they haven't been able to, to respond for whatever reason, uh, which I... Some I find, people's inboxes, it gets flooded. And then this is some the, people, they get flooded like once. Other people, they deal with weekly floods. Yeah. So if you aren't in one of those floods, or if you're in the flood, and you're on like the, the back end of the flood, you don't get seen for a while. And then it's like, oh shit, this person emailed me like eight months ago. Yeah. But you know what? That person checks the email, looks online, sees that the podcast is still going, and then they get back to you. Well, that's it. The and podcast is done. Then like, well, okay. So it's, uh, you know, we've got to send out more messages and that kind of stuff. And it's, it's, it's hard sometimes when you think that you're going to have someone who's a really good interview, and they get on and they're like, one word answers. Yep. So, how are you liking the city? It's good. And then nothing else kind mm-hmm. of thing, you know. Um, I love love working with people who actually do public speaking and, and are used to it for, you know, they do it for a living. People like uh, uh, Will McLean, uh, Sophie Delancey, you know, uh, Justin Light. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's a comedian, he's, but he's used to talking in public kind of thing. And it, it's, uh, for me, that makes a much more enjoyable interview. I, I can sit back and, and really listen mm-hmm. as opposed to talk, which is really my job is to listen mm-hmm. and get some good stories happening. Ask the right questions. Exactly. Ask the right questions, get the good stories happening. And one of the things I love about this is that even if we do the same topic over, we can always get a fresh perspective on it. This is true. Because we're having different people on. Yeah, yeah and, and that's happened. We had two different people who are very uh, vocal about polyamory. Uh, had, more than two. Because we had uh, Eva. Yeah. And then we had Samantha Fraser. Right. Yes. Yes. I, I wasn't thinking of Samantha as, like, specifically a polyamorous rep, but you're right. Well, I mean, the Not Your Mother's Playground. Yeah. And the Playground Conference. I mean, that's... <laughs> it's a whole lot of love, though. It's a whole lot, a of lot of love. And and nothing but polyamory, really. Yeah. Um, Out of all the guests that you've had on the podcast so far, who who are you most surprised that we even got to talk to? Because for me, it would have to have been um, it would have to have been Vivian Lawrence. I never would have actually thought that we were going to bring in a professional uh, companion. Yeah. And actually get to to hear her because story. you know we live in the uh, the realm of Firefly. Yeah, and serenity. So we will call her a companion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, her. We ha- we had to pay for her uh, her the gas in her ship. Yeah, that was kind of frustrating. But I'm not turning the microphone off at an hour. We're going to let her finish the story. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think my favorite to date uh, is probably George. Oh, from course. Northbound Leather. That I did not expect to get. I was like, okay, maybe he'll come in the studio or not. 
but you know he let us come into the shop and, and then gave us a tour and all that kind of stuff I love that he he shows us around northbound leather and like this is a downtown property I know that it's been there for a while but I'm not expecting him to have as much space as he had and he just shows us room after room after room I'm like we could have recorded in any one of these rooms yeah and it would have been significantly quieter <laughs> It's yeah. Well, we recorded in the office, which was on the main floor, next to a fish tank. I think. Yes, I think there was at least one fish tank, and a but, water uh, tank. Not to be confused. But he was, he was a, a great fun interview. Although I I have to say, uh, Will McLean was probably mm-hmm. one of my favorites in that. He's captivating. He's not only is he captivating, but um, the topics that we were talking about with him were very, very interesting, you know, uh, talking about the Sibian, talking about the history of the vibrator and, and being a pleasure dome and all that. It was just really, really great for me. I, you know, I loved hearing it. Um, I love the fact that we can make two episodes out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we, yeah, like we got to the end of one episode and we're like, we don't, this we, is way too much. Yeah, we, we, need need, more. we need more, we need more time, we need more space. And I'm certain that we probably have more things that we can talk to him about too. Oh yeah. Like every everybody who I'm I'm kind of hoping that everyone who has been on the podcast is listening. I would like to think that. So if you've been on the podcast and you're listening, uh, your story hasn't stopped yet. No. And I mean, if it's been at least like a year, there's probably enough going on that you can come back and we can we can talk more about it. Well, just like with Justin Lake, you know, he came back. And we talked a bit about uh, his background, you know, um, but there were so many new avenues that we went down with him. Uh, that So it, it was, you know, it was a podcast that could stand on its own, not like a part two or anything. Right. And, you know. Uh, but it doesn't hurt to listen to the other one. No, it doesn't hurt to there, was, the there was a there was a difference in the way he talked. There was a difference in his voice. Yeah, yeah. I you think feel I that think growth. I think the second one was more emotionally charged, which is is cool, especially you know if people are having he he issues did kick the door emotions. down on the way in. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's just Roy Rage. No, I, um. So yeah, I mean, to me that that was a really good follow-up it was great and you know i'd love to revisit with some of our guests and mm-hmm. see what's going on with them and see you know uh i think it was great having um brian finch on after we had already interviewed him and then for... i lost the file because i'm really good at this oh well it's okay it's uh but he's always just an interesting fellow always has good things to say and, and yeah interesting stories um and just a super super guy but you can see how whether it's been mostly beneficial or unfortunately in somebody like Justin's case, it's been a point of contention. You can see how embracing your sexual experience feeds back into your life. It, uh, and it informs the way you behave and it informs the way you decide to do things. Yeah. And it's, um, and you have, you have people who, uh, like Vivian who are like, I love having sex. I want to make money doing this. No qualms about being a companion. Well, that's it. It's and it's. Um, I saw uh, a documentary called Tricked. And it's oh a, yeah, my friends are telling me about that. I saw the Netflix poster. It's yeah. a girl, she's handcuffed, and and so you know about prostitution and, and prostitutes uh, 
getting used and abused by pimps. Now, pimps to me are one of the lowest forms of life. Uh, they're just disgusting beings. So you probably don't want to bring a pimp on, do you? I bring a pimp on. You bring a pimp on. I bring a pimp on. Well, let's uh, let's hold off the name calling until he deserves well, it. Well, you know. That being said, you know, I know. Well, there's pimps and there's criminals. Well, there's pimps and and then there's managers. Yeah. Like if if you're running an escort agency, you know, and you're providing drivers and security and you know a safe place to turn tricks and all that, then you're a manager. But if you're uh, tricking girls into prostitution, beating them if they say no, or getting them hooked on drugs and shit like that, threatening their families, then you're a piece of shit. Yeah. There's no then way, you're a criminal. There's, there's no way around it. You're just a fucking piece of shit. But, you know, like, it, it, I don't want to shy away from controversy on this. You know, it's a... Uh, I think it's a good show. I think it can be, for, for some people, an important show. I think for some people it can even be therapeutic. Yeah, possibly. I mean, you know, we, we, had, uh, we have people on talking about their uh, experiences, and we have... People on talking about uh, things like Cuddle Company, mm. where people, it, it, you know, like we're being an advocate for some kind of uh, spiritual healing, which is great. I, you know, I like helping people. I like spreading information, uh, which is one of the reasons I, I love doing this show so much. And I think it's one of the reasons you love doing the show so much is just all this information, things that I knew or things that I didn't know. And, yeah. you know, seeing different opinions about uh, the way we are and the way we work. And I think, uh, unfortunately, when, when I ask people to, to, to be on the show, I, I'm very blunt when I do it. And um, maybe I make some assumptions that I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But for me, if, if I ask you, you know, if you want to be on the show and you don't care for how I've asked you to come on the show, come on the show and tell me why. You know, um if you get upset because I assume that you're bisexual, but you're really pansexual, I have no idea what that means. I don't see a difference between the two. Come on the show and explain it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be combative. I'm just saying, come on the show. When we're doing the, the uh, Large Lady two-episode special, um, I got a lot of flack for that. I got a lot of flack uh, for asking women if they wanted to be on the show because I uh, had put them into the BBW car- uh, category and they don't consider themselves BBWs or they don't like the term BBW. Maybe they don't like being categorized. Well, yeah. So it's, it's you know, I'm just a woman. I'm not a BBW. Well, okay, that's fine. You see yourself how you want to see yourself, but understand the way the rest of the world sees you. But you need to understand that even aside from that, that wouldn't keep you from coming on the show you would have a unique viewpoint you would be the negative opinion um one of the things that i did earlier this year was a talk at a pod camp at ryerson about negativity yeah specifically on the net because it was a podcasting thing but it was more of like a general thing about negativity and i think um we're not as willing to embrace the negative side of things as we are the positive side but Positivity only reinforces something that doesn't need to change. Negativity is the impact. 
It's the bucket of water in the face. It's the pulling a muscle because you lifted too much. It's the burning sensation in your head. It's the you need to grow. And you it's the burning sensation when you pee. That is uh, that is definitely a negative thing. Definitely. Um, Yay for penicillin! In that case, there's a certain point where you want a test to come up negative, I think. Uh, yeah, in that case, the negative will actually be a positive. <laughs> you like um, a little spin there. Yeah, it's, and it's... it's uh, I, have, I have no problem with people who don't agree with me as long as they're as open-minded as they want me to be. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's... It's important to see things from other viewpoints, as long as they're rational and well thought out. You know, I'm not going to have someone on the show say, oh, well, I don't like gays because they're unnatural. Well, then you just don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Unless you had somebody who uh, has an MIT degree and comes well, on with some scientific ev- evidence and like, uh, here is why. Like, there are well, studies that say that almost every uh, animal species has, like, every kind of animal has uh, has had homosexual tendencies. You know, it's, and I mean, to me, love is love. It doesn't matter who you love. As long as you love someone and someone loves you, then that's, everything's Jake. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, uh, I don't care who loves who. I don't care who sleeps with who. I don't care if they want to get married or not. You know, it doesn't affect me. Mm-hmm. And you hear all these arguments about, oh, well, it's it's ruining the family. Well, no, let's be honest. Yeah. Divorce ruined the family. Uh, and then before that, we'll say misogyny ruined the family. Yeah. And, you know. See, what's funny for me is that, like, I'm the most vanilla person when it comes to, like, what I want. I have never wavered on the wife, family, children idea. Um, but listening to all these different opinions, it doesn't shake me. It doesn't make me not want it anymore. It's like, yeah, okay, I, this is what you want. I still stand by what I want. Yeah. I'm curious to know what kind of people don't want it. Talking to gays will not turn you gay. No. Unless you're a little gay already. Which I believe that. And uh, then it doesn't turn you. It just helps you open up to experience your own self. Yeah. It's a cop-out. I think I said it last time as a joke, but I uh, I, I, I kind of stand by the idea that all heterosexual men have to be at least like one to five percent gay. Because I mean, you've got your own penis, you're gonna have to like it. I'm very fond of my penis. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm quite uh, pleased with mine too. One, one of my best. We friends. get along. Yeah, <laughs> we're good acquaintances. So through this. You start making other business contacts. Through this, I have realized that I can become a professional podcaster. Before, it was always just like a thing that I do for some notoriety, to make some contacts, to be social, have people to talk to. There was all sorts of good things, but I never looked at it as a money-making thing. But now I am. Well, even beyond the money-making thing, like you're doing things with the, the Never Sleeps Network. With the Never Sleeps Network, yeah. They're uh, great friends of ours now. The editing experience has given me the confidence to approach this person saying he's looking for an editor. 
And then he finds out that I do a number of other things. So he's like, I'm going to take advantage of this person. I'm like, good. I will take advantage of you when the time comes. And I mean, you're doing some stuff with the, the lovely Blair Ryder who's been on the show. Oh, man. I'm not going to say the name of the show because she hasn't. I don't even know if she's fully announced it yet. Yeah. I'm letting her do that. But holy shit, that is going to be a fun fucking show to work on. Nice. Oh, my God. The ideas that I'm coming up with. Um, and also, uh, I mean, I've always, I mean, I've always podcasted, but when I did Comedicast, uh, I was, it was really more of like a concern every Tuesday because I knew that it could be really good and it was riding on me to make it good. Yeah. So I would be really anxious pretty much up until it was uploaded and at least one person says it was good. By the way, thank you, Todd Van Allen. I appreciate the feedback. Um, How's he doing? When, when did you talk to him? I'm just assuming that he listens to everything I do. I have no idea if he's <laughs> listening to this. He's a great guy. I just need him to know that I'm still a big fan of his. Um, all right, lost my turn to that. Oh, yeah, so, but with this one, so I, mean, I would do, I would do Communicast, and uh, I wouldn't even, like, listen to the episode after I'm done. I would just make sure that the noise reduction was acceptable, and then somebody would have to message me and say there was a problem, your audio tracks were off, I would go back, fix it, uh, nothing to it. But since I've started, by the time I, like, by the year of doing this, it's changed a lot about how I look at podcasting, especially versus radio. Because I like radio, but if I were to do a radio show, I would do something a little more closer to the radio format. I would have us be more like radio personalities. I would have it more like radio segments, shorter segments, mm. cut to commercial breaks. And and I don't know if Sex and Life would even really make for a good radio show because radio is very distinctively product-based. Is it? I think so. I think if you're waking up in the morning and you need that energy boost, you listen to, I don't know, Roger Darrell and Marilyn in the morning, they bring the thunder. They get you pumped up for the morning. Do you think about what they talked about for the rest of the day? Does it, I don't know, I mean, you might laugh about a joke they did, but does anything, like, really kind of sit with you? Do you want to listen to it again? I see. I, I have never really thought of Roger, Darren, and Marilyn as bringing the thunder. I mean, they're bringing the energy. Thunder is a form of energy. I No, I know. I just... <laughs> I just want to work that terminology into my vernacular. And it's, we're we're, we're, we're going to... Rock out like crazy to some Paul Simon. Maybe you and I have very different ideas of thunder. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> okay. Well, n- n- nonetheless, um, I mean, people definitely say that that I I have personality. Yeah, and I, some I, even say it's a good one. Do they? Some. That's fascinating. You must introduce <laughs> me to these people. But I, I think I, you know, honestly, I think if if we were approached by, um. Let's say CBC, because we're Canadian and let's support Canadian stuff. If they said, yeah, we want you to do a a weekly show, I think we could do that. We could do it. It wouldn't be this, though. And the reason why is because he says that now when he hasn't had a paycheck, you know, waved in his face. But um, when I when I think about podcasting, I, I even I break down the word podcast pod to me doesn't. I don't think about the Apple iPod. I've, I've, I've completely cast that part out. Yeah. I think pod as in the room. Yeah. It's a quiet room where nothing else matters in this room. 
uh, and then the cast says, of course, I was talking, and I just thought, it's not just putting on this product, but it's about bringing people together and sharing an experience that can be very close and very intimate, therapeutic, helpful, informative, funny, all the all these things. And then when somebody is listening to that, I don't imagine them like driving to work for their morning fix. I imagine them doing something that they always do, like cooking or, in my experience, playing World of Warcraft, but having the podcast going on, having something to occupy the part of your brain that is part of your brain that is craving more information. Well, I think there are people who do listen to talk radio going to work. I think sure, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't. There are people. There's no rules would, or anything like that, but. I mean, I grew up watching things like W5 and, um, shit, what's that other one? There's W5 and then there's, uh, anyways, like investigative reporting. Yeah. Right? And, um, 60 Minutes, that's it. So, you know, like I grew up watching that kind of stuff. And I think, you know, with the exception of having to take short breaks for advertisements, I think it's completely doable. I would, you know, that's one of my goals is to, to really um, try and maximize our exposure. Sure. And see, you know, if we can get some kind of uh, funding, you know, get some sponsorships happening from, you know, the people that we work with and that we love having the show, people like Oasis. Uh, under the condition or, that the product is always free to access yeah for me i have a really big problem with trying to sell people the product before they even know what the product is yeah it's like you can't drive the car till you buy it kind of thing it's you know what it's 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 a talk show my question is let's say that we're given a radio opportunity let's just say would you do the exact same thing you're doing right now would you use radio in a way that we can't just do because of this. I would try and do it the same way because it seems to be working onward and upward, right? Like yeah. this is, uh, to me, this is, it's something I love doing and it's something that I, I am learning a lot from and I'm having fun doing it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and, and people say, that you know, you should try and do what you're passionate about for a living. Well, as with any other kind of art form, um, we're not getting rich right away. No, uh, <laughs> we're not getting rich in terms of money. And if anybody's going to get paid, it's going to be me first because I'm the investor here. But there are more than one ways of getting rich. Yeah, you can get rich with money. You can be rich in having the time to do things we always have there's a difference between people trying to make time to maybe come out versus people feeling like i couldn't think of a better thing to do with my time because this show is such a good investment of time yeah you can be rich in connections and in people and i feel like in that um we've already gotten a lot of that to begin with with all the the people that we've been able to talk to, people that I know that I can reach out and talk to for other things as well, uh, like other shows, like with Blair. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not just with the guests that we have on the show, but for me, I look at 50 downloads per episode, and I'm like, ah, okay, so why am I not getting 50 
emails in my inbox. Yeah. Okay, 49, one's probably going to be me. Okay, 48, one's probably Eli. Okay, maybe 40 just for damage control, spillage, that kind of thing. But every, every person who's listening to it, I'm hoping is uh, is realizing how valuable it is to be a listener just because you're not involved in the project on the way we are it doesn't mean that you're not important you're the most important part uh, and feedback is important to me I think um, feedback is paramount to learning about a craft and making it better and you know I mean if, if I had done stand up the whole five years without people giving me advice or me, you know, being mm-hmm. open to advice, it, it would have been a, a rough five years, you know. That being said, just because someone gives you advice doesn't mean you have to take it and drop everything and change what that one person says. Yeah. If you don't think they're right, you can't just, well, this person told me, so. Well, that's it. It's important to, to, to listen to yourself. Are you going to blame that person afterwards? No, of course not. That'd be ridiculous. So, anyway, folks. That's a little bit of insight Mm -hmm. into the show. I hope you've enjoyed it. You can check us out uh, on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. What's this Facebook page? Sex and Life Podcast. Excellent. And we also have the Twitter. What's the Twitter? Sex and Life Podcast. Or is it at Sex and Life PC? Yeah, Sex and Life PC. Yeah. At Sex and Life PC. And of course, you can email us at sexandlifepodcast at gmail.com. We have the website, of course. We do have the website, uh, sexandlifepodcast.com. You can also check out our, uh, our network, the Never Sleeps Network. That is neversleepsnetwork.com. Uh, some of our episodes are featured on there, but um, all our episodes are on our own website. You can paint sex and life on your naked body. That would help. And send us a photo of it, I'm assuming. Sure. Yeah. No, whatever. It wouldn't be, would be a know, waste of paint to just paint it on the body. If you like the show, tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell people that you think are going to get something useful out of this. If there's a topic that you want to know more about and you're having a really hard time finding information that is of satisfaction to you, maybe we can help. Maybe we can find somebody to talk to about it. Maybe we Drop can answer your line. questions. Drop us a line and we'll see what we can do. And if you are currently enrolled in the educational system, I feel very sorry for you, but um, they're not ready for it yet. (laughs) (laughs) On behalf of Joe the Producer, this is Eli Jaquin saying stay safe and stay sexy. Hey fans, in order to celebrate our one year anniversary, we're holding a contest from May 18th to May 31st. Okay, and here's how it works. You visit our Facebook page and you like us, you get two entries. You follow us on Twitter and you get two entries. You tweet a message to us, you get two entries. You share a link to your favorite episode, you get four entries. So the rules are you must like the page, you must follow us on Twitter, you must be legal age, that means 19 or above, and you can enter daily. You can tweet your favorite episode every day and get that message out there about uh, what you like about the show and why you like that episode and then what you're going to win is a couple's pass for Oasis Aqua Lounge 
Our friends over at Oasis Aqua Lounge have been kind enough to provide us a surprise. And all you have to do, like the Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, and tweet your favorite episode. We'll let you know who wins on uh, June 1st. So thank you for listening. Stay safe. Stay sexy.